everyone. Yes, I do mean you. It's me, Silver Daddy. Are you ready for another exciting adventure, a.k.a. trip or trippin' with me? We're about to discover and share some amazing life stories. If I take a few sudden tangent turns along the way, don't worry, because I'll find our way back. Come on, climb aboard, and buckle up, because we are ready to start another great episode of Trippin' with Silver Daddy. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Trippin' with Silver Daddy. You won't believe what I stumbled into. I'm in a small town on, see that body of water behind me if you're watching on YouTube? That's the St. John River in Florida. That river is big. I'm in Palaka, Florida, and I'm in the Putnam County, and this is the main city up here. You know, in the city, there's a few things, like you had the St. John River and the St. John River State College. There's also the Ravine Garden State Park. This city is really cool. It hosts a few famous festivals. They have the Blue Crab Festival here, but also they have the Azalea Festival, and it's a two-day event. I want to come to that because azaleas was one of my mother's favorite plants. They grow all over the southeast, but they would even grow as far north as Cincinnati, Ohio. And my mom used to have so many azaleas. So when they have their azalea festival here, it's here on the riverfront, and they have an azalea parade. There's floats, you know, all the things to parade. And there's a Miss Azalea contest. They also have arts and crafts on Lemon Street. And Lemon Street's a historical street here in town. There's a car show. You know, it's a big festival. So you need to look up and see when it is. And originally when it started back in like 1938, it was called JC's Day. Because the JC's were the sponsor of it. We're not in a huge city. Population in 2020, it was only about 10,500 people. But it's a very old city historically. So some of the first settlers that they had here were Native Americans. Tamukin tribes, there was two tribes that were settled on both sides of the river and they had two different chiefs. They were known, they were very like chilled Native Americans. They did their fishing. I mean, you got all this water, you know, you can catch alligators. They'd catch bass, mullet, bluegill, catfish. But they also did some hunting. Hunting was real good in the area. You got all this fresh water. There was deer, bear, boar, turkey, pheasants. So they also farmed. 
They grew corn and beans and squash. They had a little bit of everything. I don't think this, these Native Americans were going hungry anytime soon. Let me tell you, they were very well established. Then the Spanish came. And with the Spanish, they brought disease. So the Native Americans, if you know your history in U.S., a lot of times it was diseases that were brought from Europe that weren't in this country. And when that takes hold, it can wipe out the whole community. Just look at what happened with COVID a couple years ago. Millions and millions of people were dying from a new disease that we weren't used to. And that's what exactly happened. And the few of them that even lived past this, they escaped with the Spanish to Cuba. So their tribes actually went extinct in the mid 18th century. After that happened, the Creek Indians started migrating from the north into Florida because the North was all getting populated with people from England and from Europe. They were looking for a place that wasn't so crowded and they didn't want to deal with these people. So they moved into the Florida area. The Creek Indians actually mixed with a lot of small local Indian Native Americans in the area. And when they did that, they actually formed the Seminole tribe. So from the Creek and a mixture of a bunch of different Native American tribes, they all became one as the Seminole tribe of Florida. Trust me, you live in South Florida, you know about the Seminole tribe. They own all the casinos down in Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. So, and they made this their home. I don't know where on the St. John they made it the home, but they made it the home because there was a narrow part and an easy crossing of the river. Hell, if you're watching on YouTube and you look at this river, it looks like it's an ocean. So I don't know where they lived and this narrow crossing was, but there was some narrow crossing. Then in 1767, a guy came into this area, Dens, um, oh, Dens Royal. Dens Royal came into this area and he started a huge plantation. And still to this day, there's an area called, I think it's like Royalstown that's still named after the plantation. But Dens came in and he had a plantation growing all this crop. So he needed people to work. So what did he do? No, he didn't go slavery yet. But what he did is he got all these petty little thieves from England, pickpocketers, prostitutes, paupers, all these poor people, and he got all them on a boat and brought them all over here to work on his plantation. Because if they worked for so many years, they could be free and they wouldn't have all their criminal records here in the United States. The problem being, they came from London. This is South Florida. Let me tell you, 
the weather in London and the weather in South Florida do not <laughs> compare. But today, it's kind of rainy, wet, and chilly. That would be London. But when they were here, oh my God, summertime, you have this high humidity, this heat, and they had to work. They actually had to do stuff. They were working. They didn't like this. So they all ran away. So now this plantation had no workers again. So then he bought a bunch of slaves from West Africa. Then he wasn't paying attention to his business and one of his overseers decided to sell off about a thousand of his cattle and steal the money and run away. The guy was a failure when it came to running a business down here. And basically the whole plantation failed. In 1774, a famous naturalist, William Bartram, or Bartram, William Bartram, that guy came into this area and he saw the different Native Americans living here. When he came back, they were kind of gone, they left. But he wrote about this place. So this place started to become famous. A lot of tourists started to come. But in 1835 was the Second Seminole War. And the Seminoles burnt the whole city and everything down. Everything was made of wood. You know, they had all the cypress wood. Cypress wood's good because termites don't like cypress. So they burnt the whole city pretty much down. Well, the city decided to rebuild, but they were smart. They rebuilt with brick because they didn't want anyone to burn the city down anymore. So they rebuilt the city with brick. And in 19 or 1850, there was a few large boarding houses that had guest rooms. In 1850, there was over 400 rooms in this small little town. And it was pretty much like the end of the track. Um, there wasn't much more here. Even though they rebuilt in wood, not all the buildings were done that way. And then back in 1884, there was another huge fire. Burnt down pretty much the rest. Well, right prior to that, they started keep adding the railroad track that was going south down to Miami. So after the fire, all the people from the north, see the snowbirds were, then, were around then, they'd come down, but when they got here, there was no rooms available because they just had this great fire. So the people just stayed on the damn train and kept going south. I don't know, they probably ended up in Miami or Fort Lauderdale where I live, but they kept going south. Once they kept going south, they found places down there and then the whole migration of tourism moved further south into Broward and Day County, Miami Day County. So that kind of then let the town start to go downtown or go down. You know, it wasn't as popular. So in the early 1900s, there was a lot of problems within the city. And the city 
basically never really bounced back to what it was in the early days because in the early days this was the major city of the south hey everyone i'm gonna go find something else that's fun to see here i'll be right back and you're listening to tripping with silver daddy hey i'm gonna keep telling you guys this hit subscribe and like my show I'll be back. Hi everyone. I am in my favorite place because as soon as you walk in, the smell of this high quality leather overtakes you. Yes, I'm at Leatherworks, my favorite place to shop. They have the highest quality of leather products in the Southeast. No, no, I'm not just talking about Southeast Florida. I'm talking about the entire Southeast of the United States. Their products are the highest quality leather, and a lot of them are made right here. And the great thing about Leatherworks is they do not discriminate against size. So even me, Daddy Bear, I can even find things that fit me here at Leatherworks. But it's not just leather, everyone. If you have a fetish, I guarantee you they have the fetish gear that you may want, let's just say. They have a lot of things to choose from. Go online to leatherworks.com and that's Works, W-E-R-K-S. And while you're there, you can check out, they have specialty classes. You know, if you have like a fetish you wanna learn more about, you can go there and join the lifestyle program because then you get discounts on in-store promotions. Hey everyone, make sure you go to Leatherworks, that's works with W-E-R-K-S, and you can buy online. Oh my gosh, I'm still here. You're still with Trippin' with Silver Daddy, and I'm still here in this community of Palatka, Florida. And behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, is a historical and probably the most famous house in this community. And this is the Bronson Muhallin House, also known as Judge Isaac Bronson's house or Sunny Point. Not really that sunny today, but it's also known as Sunny Point. You know, Judge Bronson, he lived up in St. Augustine and he was given over 1,200 acres of land down here. So he came down here, scouted all this land that was being given to him, and he found 10 acres on the St. John River that he fell in love with. And this 10 acres became his home, and he called it Sunny Point. So he was up in St. Augustine, and in about 1853, he started to move his family down here. This house was built in 1854. 
Now this house is built out of cypress wood. And that cypress wood was harvested upriver and it was actually brought down here and cut here. Now where it was cut is also kind of interesting because it was cut at the city, um, in the city sawmill. And the company was Palaka Sawmill. That just happened to be partly owned by the judge. So I guess he got a really good deal on getting his wood cut to build this big house. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can see the house on the video. So this house was built, like I said, back in 1854. But in 1972, the house was actually registered and listed on the National Register of Historical Places. There's a little renovation going on right now at the property, but it is a beautiful example of Southern plantations. Now the judge really didn't do any kind of plantation work. He was a smart guy because he was a judge. So he was given all this land. He ended up selling a lot of the land off and he just kept his 10 acres on the St. John River. Well, when I say the guy was smart, I'm not kidding because this man also was the man who wrote the founding city charter and he's the one who actually went to the state of Florida to petition and he sponsored this charter to get this city actually deemed as a city in Florida. Not only that, he got it to be the main city of this county, Poonton County. So this was very important for this area in the development of the area. St. John River was very important because it's how they were able to carry cargo. So he did all this work. In 1950, this house became like the social haven of the area. It was actually known as the public social center where everyone came. Actually like the first governor of Florida spent a lot of time in this house. A lot of famous people came here and stayed in this beautiful mansion. But in 1955, Isaac died and he was actually buried on the property. Then what ended up happening is the Civil War broke out and his wife left the property to go up north where she was from. The house was deemed in like in a sponsorship for some guy to run it for his wife. And he ended up selling the place to Charlotte Henry. And Charlotte Henry ended up buying the place and she agreed to let him keep the plot of Judge Isaac Bronson on the property. But then in 1892, his two daughters came back and they actually removed the casket and the grave and they moved it to a cemetery in town, the Oak Hill Cemetery. And they took that little plot of land where it was buried and they actually gave it to the owner, Charlotte. 
So this is a lot of history for this area. And when you come to these small towns, I guarantee there is some famous house that someone lived in that had something to do with Florida history and US history. I love visiting these places because before I got to the city, do you think Silver Daddy had any clue what Bronson Mulhouse was? Hell no. That's why I do this. And I hope you like it. And if you do like it, look below. There's a thing called a like button. Press it. It doesn't cost you anything. Also, press the subscribe button. Subscribe to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. It's free and it helps me. So if you like my podcast and you really want to help this old Silver Daddy, please like and subscribe to my podcast. Hey everyone, I'm going to go to another location. Why I do that? Please listen to my sponsors. I'll be right back. Stop, just like the sign says. I just thought of something. You know, if you're going on vacation and you need someone to watch your pet while you're gone because you don't want to put them in that quote pet spa or in that cage, I can help. Or if you have an elderly family member that you take care of and you need a fun loving silver daddy there just to have fun with them and watch them while you're running errands or have to work, I can help. Or if you just got that job and you're moving from Miami to LA and you got like two cars in that U-Haul that you have to drive, I can help. Just send me an email to trippinwithsilverdaddy at gmail.com. Now, if you have to like clean those leaves out of the gutter, I can't help, sorry. Just saying. Hi everyone, welcome back to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. I am still here in the town of Palatka, Florida, and I am standing outside of a historical building. If you happen to watch me on YouTube and watching the video, this building behind me is the Central Academy also known as the old Central Academy High School. And it's on the historical places in the United States. It was registered in 1989 in the National Register of Historical Places. But the original building was built in 1892. And it was the very first accredited African-American high school in the state of Florida. That is why it's a part of Florida history. Now the original building was destroyed in 1936 by a suspicious fire. They couldn't find why the fire happened. Yeah, whatever. And the new building was built in 1937. So back in 1971, they actually closed the high school 
after desegregation laws went into effect. But this is still a part of history, a huge part of history. And unfortunately, the building has had much better times. The roof has collapsed. The walls are still up. It was actually just one vote away from being demolished. Yes, in 2006, they took a vote and it survived by one vote, vote to being actually demolished. Parts of the property is currently used for maintenance for the school district. So right now there's a big kick in trying to restore this building. And you know, for black history, raising money to restore things that are a part of black history is also a part of our history, everyone's history. And I really hope if there's people out there that can help, you need to do some research and find out about the restoration of the Central Academy High School in Florida. As I always say, you know, restoring history can be very costly. And the reason it's very costly because unfortunately the school has a few things, hurdles it's got to get over. You know, back in the 1930s, when they were building it, they weren't concerned about lead, oil contamination, or asbestos. So it's very costly to restore these historical buildings. But losing it forever is like bankruptcy for our future citizens. They have a right to learn about this and see this place and see it restored. I'm glad I, at least I got to see the walls. Hopefully in a few years, there will be a roof and then there will be the classrooms and showing what it was like back in the 1800s and even early 1900s when this school came about. Hey everyone. As you can tell, I love history. If you have something historical in the United States that you would like me to go visit, please leave a comment below. And please listen to my sponsor. I'll be right back at another location. Someone once asked me, why in the hell are you doing this? The Trippin' with Silver Daddy. And there's actually a really good reason for it. It is, I hate to say, a little bit selfish, but I really enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome back to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. I'm at the train station here in Palatka, Florida. And this train station is very historical. It was built in 1908. It's one of the older train stations in the area, and it still serves. There's trains that still come here. They're coming from the north right now, and they go all the way down to Miami, and people here are waiting for the train. And here, oh my gosh. And this is the Amtrak station, and Amtrak still runs on these tracks. Oh yeah, and they are loud. 
you may not hear me. But if you're watching me on YouTube, there's the Amtrak train. Oh, that thing's big. That's bigger than I thought. And it looks full. There's a lot of people on this train. I want a job on this train. I'm going to be one of the guys that takes tickets. That would be fun. Oh, here comes the air brakes, I bet. Well, I just want to let you know a little bit about this place. So this train station here, at one time, it served over seven different train companies that would come into here. And people would travel to this area. Remember I told you in my opening, this place at one time was a historical place for travelers and tourists. And it was, for a while, one of the last stops of the line until they kept building it. Once they kept building it, people some, sometimes just went right past because they were always trying to get further south. The further south they could get, the warmer it was going to be for winter. So, I enjoy trains. I like to ride them. Remember when I was in Cincinnati? I talked about Union Terminal being the last mega train center with like 94 miles of track behind it. And it's the largest half dome in um, the Western Hemisphere. This train station's a lot different. Very small, very unique. And people are just waiting to get on the train. This is a great place. I guess I can get on the train and end my show. I think it's time for me to get on board. What do you think? Hey, everyone. Remember, as always, love, peace, and respect. And also, press that like button below. And subscribe to my show on YouTube. You have a great day. Bye.